0: I'm Julie Moore, and you're listening to the third episode of Beyond Curriculum, a podcast series about something often missing from the homeschool conversation, the perspectives and values that make it possible to cultivate lifelong learners. It's the homeschool story you rarely hear, the most open and honest account I can make of real homeschooling, before it gets airbrushed with sunshine and roses. You probably have a million things to do, so feel free to enjoy this episode as your own personal treat to adult conversations with friends, as you do the dishes, go for a run, or drive the kidlets around town for errands and classes. Believe me, I understand. If you're listening for the first time, I encourage you to pause and start from the beginning with episode one. For those of you who have been following along regularly, let's pick up where we left off. Previously on Beyond Curriculum, I finally understood how the giving and getting of stickers would limit my homeschooling efforts. Not real stickers. Judging, usually delivered in the form of smiles and glances. It was a hard lesson, and one of my first practice targets for that lesson was my husband, Jeff. Part of what's missing from that homeschool conversation is how to team well with your husband. Your husband not who you think he should be. Eventually, this branched out to include others who became part of my homeschooling efforts, like grandparents, co-op friends, coaches, directors, student leaders. But for me, it started with Jeff. It was late fall in 1995. We were in our first year of marriage, our sophomore year of college, and had each earned a seat in the pit orchestra of the musical production Guys and Dolls. I was eight months pregnant with Jonathan, sitting in a hard wooden chair between the pit wall and the cello player. And somehow, I missed some marital words of wisdom from the stage overhead. Let me set the scene for you. Adelaide, The lead dancer at a nightclub called The Hot Box has the misfortune of falling in love with Nathan, a professional gambler who's having a hard time changing his ways so they can settle down and get married. Just when she thinks he's finally going to commit, one of his associates, Sky Masterson, delivers the message that Nathan has once again decided to postpone their elopement because he must run his famous floating crap game instead. Adelaide is clearly upset, and when Sky presses her for why, she says, it's because Nathan promised to change, to leave their nightlife in the city, and live like normal people. Since our 1995 stage production has been preserved on VHS, and we no longer own a VHS player, I'm using MGM's 1955 film adaptation with the original Broadway cast for dramatic effect. So, here's Marlon Brando as Sky Masterson delivering the sage advice.
1: Adelaide,
2: my daddy once told me because no matter who you get married to, you wake up married to somebody else. It's probably true, and you take it the way the dice falls. But a guy doesn't want to feel from the very beginning that he's just like a piece of dress material a woman's going to cut up and sew according to the way they wear husbands this year.
1: It's easy for you to talk. You're not in love with Nathan.
2: No, I'm not.
3: Wait till you fall in love with somebody you shouldn't.
1: Wait till it happens to you. Yeah.
2: Must be tough to take.
0: I don't recommend taking marital advice from a professional gambler like Sky Masterson. But in this case, he's got it right. A guy doesn't want to feel from the very beginning that he's just like a piece of dress material a woman's going to cut up and sew according to the way they wear husbands this year. Or in my case, the way they wear homeschool dads. As I searched through the books that promised the perfect formula for homeschooling success, I found many dress patterns. There were farmer dads, business owner dads, pastor, speaker, performer dads who traveled the country, and there were equal teacher dads who shared at least 50% of the lesson plan load. And there were times I was actually concerned that we might never be a successful homeschooling family because Jeff's job kept us here in the city while he was away at work. When I first came into the homeschool world, it seemed like every family I heard about had a husband and father who was in business. I don't know what they all did, but apparently it was the kind of business that came with nine to five, Monday through Friday business hours. So when they talked about what homeschooling looked like on a daily basis, I usually heard schedules like, we all start our day with breakfast together, dad goes off to work and we begin our school day. We get the house straightened up for dad's arrival back home after work. He takes the kids to the park or to music lessons or to sports practice while mom cooks a big dinner that is hot and ready when they return and then they spend the rest of the evening telling dad about all the exciting things they learned that day. Sometimes he teaches a particularly challenging subject to the older kids that mom doesn't feel capable of tackling on her own. And then they wrap up the day with a family Bible study that is sure to keep the kids on the moral straight and narrow. And everyone goes skipping off happily to bed while mom and dad enjoy deep, meaningful conversation before turning in themselves, confident in what the next day holds. I'm not sure if I had the misfortune of hearing from women who were less than open and honest about what life really looked like or if I was just overly optimistic in my interpretation of what they said, or the number of families that exact description fit, probably a little of all three. And if that description does fit your family, that's great. Just know that you are likely to have many homeschool friends dealing with what Jeff and I faced. Our reality proved that just wasn't possible for us. For most of our years as a family, Jeff has either been in ministry or in law enforcement. That may seem like an odd combination to you, but if you know Jeff, it makes complete sense. At any rate, either of those fields rarely have responsibilities and schedules that fit into the 9-5 to Monday-Friday to Friday work week. In fact, there were many years where Jeff's weekend was on Tuesday and Wednesday, and he worked overnight and then slept during the day. So he often climbed into bed right as we were each climbing out of ours. How do you have breakfast together when that's the case? It was easy enough to get our school day started except on Tuesdays and Wednesdays when Jeff was off and he wanted nothing more than to go to the park for the whole day and play with his family because it was his weekend. How were we supposed to get our math lesson in? And if we did, how would we get quality time with dad? And after a full day of homeschooling, there were a couple of hours where Jeff was awake and getting some family time in before heading off to work again. But that often meant that I figured out dinner and did baths and bedtime on my own. It was a tough schedule. On all of us. Jeff included. Surely there was a way to fix this. So I took to the books. The answers are always in the books, right? I found plenty of books written by longtime homeschool couples who talked about how it worked for them. One couple always lived in the country, and they lived off the land. They gardened, they hunted, they cooked from scratch. They lived a lot like the Amish, actually. And they talked about how all of that hard work and diligence and pulling together as a family shaped their kids into well-adjusted, hard-working, family-loving adults. Reading books is like eating fish. Everyone has bones in it. The goal is to eat the meat and not get choked on the bones. I found some meat in the books by this couple, but I also choked on some pretty big bones. Primarily the living in the country fixes everything bone. Our lives were in the city. We loved the city. Jeff's job was in the city. All of our friends were in the city. I floated the idea a couple of times, but moving to the country and becoming Farmer and Mrs. Moore just didn't seem like an interesting proposition to Jeff. The truth is, I might have enjoyed it for about a year, but then I would have lost my mind with the necessary physical routines and pace to live that lifestyle. We're just not built like that, and Jeff knew it, but I choked. Some other books I read were by couples where the dad was entrepreneurial and ran his own business. I assumed their businesses were successful because they never talked about difficulty putting food on the table, a roof over their heads, or school curriculum on their shelves. But I'm not sure this was the case because it seemed like his owning his own business allowed him to be around all the time, sometimes even teaching a significant portion of the school lessons. So there was another bone to choke on. Jeff is smart and an incredibly hard worker, but he'll tell you himself, he's not an entrepreneur. He has never wanted to own his own business. And I know now from owning my own business, that is not as easy of a schedule as it was portrayed in those books. Besides, we would have exchanged his benefits package that included insurance, 401k, and more for the harder schedule, higher stress, and less certainty. We're not built like that either, and Jeff knew it, but I choked. At this point, more slowly than I would like to admit, I began to realize that the problem was not with Jeff. The very advantage of homeschooling can also be its biggest challenge, unique circumstances. Every family is different because it is made up of unique people and unique circumstances. The quote-unquote average American family still typically includes two parents, at least one of them college educated, but according to the Pew Research Center, that is at an all-time low. The number of homes where there is a single parent or parents in a second marriage is on the rise. As more and more women are becoming the primary breadwinners, dads are taking on the home and kid management. Some grandparents are raising their grandkids. Others have spouses in the military and have to figure out how to be a single parent when the other is deployed for months at a time. And some families have one or more children with special needs. Clearly, there is no one way to homeschool that will work for every situation. In fact, that's a big part of the reason many of us decide to homeschool in the first place. We recognize that the standardized approach to education in the traditional classroom is not what will be best for our particular circumstances. But here I was trying to squeeze us into a box, attempting to make Jeff go first. I would have been much quicker to catch on to this reality had I simply talked to some of my homeschool friends and really been honest about my questions and struggles It's easy to isolate ourselves as homeschoolers, even from other homeschoolers. But the benefit of community provides a way to check our ideas with others, to have a better idea of what's normal and what's not, to hear how it works for people like us who are living in the same area under similar circumstances and usually with common goals. Had I realized this earlier and taken this question to a variety of homeschool moms in my running pack, I would have discovered that there was no clear-cut formula. To prove this point, and to be a help to any of you who are trying to solve this piece of the puzzle, I made the rounds to four of my friends, asking them what it looks like in their families. So
3: the question is, what does it look like for Josh and I to team together as a homeschool family? Mm -hmm. Is that basically it? Yeah. Both, Both partners have to be ready to roll with it. I think there are a thousand little things like that. Like, he, um, he works extra jobs mm-hmm. so that I don't need to worry about, you know, bringing home a salary. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, um, on hard days, he'll tell me, you're doing great. When I have those days of like, I can't get everything done. I'm doing a horrible job. He's kind of the voice. It's like, you're doing great.
1: The biggest help that... He has been for me is the is the is the filter of this is my great idea. Is this a great idea? Can you look at this and tell me what you think? He helps me ground things when I need the ground things. I'm not a very grounded person. I can get lost in the, the minutiae of day-to-day or get into box checking or these things, and he's kind of the big global, like, hey, are we still hitting these big goals out here? Right. And it's so helpful to me because I will tend to get, again, eyes down and uh-huh. can have the big picture going on. Uh-huh. So, and those two play together really well. Um, I think a big way was um, he was very encouraging to me to find ways to teach the boys that work for me And work for
0: them. Each of these ladies have been homeschooling for different lengths of time. They have different numbers and combinations of boys or girls. They use different approaches to homeschooling, and their husbands work different jobs and schedules. They also have many things in common, like how they all work hard to build their families into strong teams. And they know that includes recognizing the sacrifices their husbands make and the respect and support he provides along the way.
1: Him being okay with a crazy amount of flexibility, um, lack of really tight schedules. Mm -hmm. um, We're not always where we thought we might be at any given moment (laughs) (laughs) or
3: time, you know, and so his rolling with that. Right. Sometimes we show him the kids work for fun because it's a moment for them to be proud of their work. At other times, he has to have my back in terms of discipline, and if the kids are not showing me respect, then I know I can always count on him.
1: And then um, he he let me hire somebody to clean my house for the first four years of maybe no like six years of homeschooling, and I was offended by it because I was like, "What do you?" are you criticizing my housekeeping skills or something? And it took me a while to realize that that was his way of supporting me in homeschooling.
3: It was much easier to keep the house clean when we were all gone every day. I was at work, they were at school, you know. Yes. It's easier. And so one of the sacrifices I feel like Josh has, has done a great job with is is just lowering the bar of expectation on house and meals. like. And, you know, literally I've asked him out loud, okay, if it's either the dishes or the laundry, what do you prefer? Because they're both not getting done.
1: It does not at all look like him teaching them because that hasn't happened. Right. It's on me to do it. Mm -hmm. But every year, no matter how I feel at the end of the year, he lets me keep doing it. And I would say that's probably the biggest way that he supports me, is that so far he has not fired me. As their homeschool teacher, he has not yet sent them off to school because I couldn't handle it. Like, he has a lot of confidence in me to be able to accomplish the job that I have to do. And so that doesn't mean that he's doing the job for me, but it means he trusts me. And that's huge. I mean, that's a massive trust to my mind. It's the brains and minds and souls of his children. And he lets me keep doing it every year.
0: Rick Warren. The founder and senior pastor of Saddleback Church in Lake Forest, California, has said, Rather than life being hills and valleys, I believe that it's kind of like two rails on a railroad track. And at all times, you have something good and something bad in your life. No matter how good things are in your life, there is always something bad that needs to be worked on. And no matter how bad things are in your life, there is always something good you can thank God for that is true in life, in marriage, and in homeschooling. I don't know about you, but it's so easy for me to only focus on the track that is bad. And when I do, I overlook the good that is also there in my life. And I miss seeing the tracks other people are running on in their lives. Like what it is like to be a homeschool dad. Have you ever thought about that? There's so much emphasis on homeschool moms and what we face. What about the dads who have just as much to lose if something goes sideways, but they usually aren't the ones running the day-to-day? So I asked Jeff. What is it like being a homeschooled dad?
2: Hmm. Um. I think at first there was some concern over it's not the can we do this or should we do this it was more how are we going to do this what makes us a good team is that we're different Mm -hmm. we approach things differently so it makes us well-rounded you fill in my gaps and and hopefully vice versa Mm -hmm. so you want them to be loved and safe and i want them to be prepared
3: Mm
0: -hmm. and
2: and not afraid,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, and knowing how to handle fear.
0: What are some of the things that make you glad that we chose this path?
2: Our kids are friends, not just siblings, mm-hmm. and then also just seeing how completely capable they are, and seeing them. guess meet their potential but then after they meet their potential they raise they continue to raise the bar and that's probably I guess what I see in all of them despite their four very different personalities is this confidence that exists in all of them I know that the hard is not going to get them because life is hard
0: It occurs to me that many of the challenges and goals Jeff brought up throughout our conversation had almost nothing to do with spelling or math or geography or even being prepared for college. It had to do with life. Our goals for our kids have always been that they would be equipped to handle life well. Homeschooling is just one of the vehicles we chose to accomplish that. And some of the experiences that have trained our children to be friends and to meet their potential and then raise the bar on themselves, to not let the hard get them, have been watching Jeff and me live life in front of them as teammates. In the middle of the hard, we don't turn on each other or blame each other. We stick together and we figure it out. For me, a natural panicker and blame shifter, This is most possible if I have been reminding myself regularly of all the things he does to make our homeschool successful. So Jeff, I want to thank you for praying for us regularly, for working hard, long days, sometimes multiple jobs, doing whatever it takes to keep the food on the table and the books on our shelves, for being my sounding board when I'm trying to figure things out, For reminding me to look down the road to see where we're headed. For helping the kids and I to work together with respect toward each other. For stretching us to wrestle the hard to the ground and then celebrating with us when we do. For saying no and holding to the course when I get too locked on to the way a book says it must be done. For encouraging me to bravely ignore the disapproving glances we get from others when we don't do what's normal or expected. For overlooking the dirty dishes, the piles of laundry, and the general chaos of the house on the days we just didn't get it all done. And for telling me that I can quit. Somehow that always gives me that last little bit of fight I need to press on. I can clearly see now that you have always been exactly the teammate I have needed all the way through this adventure. I love you. What about you? What makes your husband the perfect teammate for you? Or maybe your homeschool doesn't include a husband and father. Who is teaming with you, even in a small way, to support your efforts? Let's give them all a shout out in the comments section for this episode. Let's choose to focus on the train track that is good by taking a minute to express the appreciation that is deserved and often overlooked. Help to create this episode was provided by Brian and Glenda Cropp, Laura Hobbs, Jeff and Joshua Moore, and Lydia Wong. We used original music by Jeff Moore, who also produced the episode. Also special thanks to some of my fellow homeschool moms, Laura Hobbs, Carol Hofford, Sarah Williams, and Lydia Wong and thanks to their husbands Brian, Josh, Christian, and Raymond for being examples of the many ways to be great homeschool dads. Before we give you scenes from our upcoming episode of Beyond Curriculum, we have a few announcements. We have already received such a warm and encouraging welcome into the podcast world by our listeners. Thank you so much for your support. Without you, there would be no reason for all this hard work. With that said, there are a few key things you can do to positively affect the show. First, you can subscribe on iTunes and review the podcast. The more reviews we get, the more attention we earn. And with all of that content out there competing for the spotlight, any kind of help we can get from our listeners is so appreciated. Or you might choose to simply share episode one with a couple of your homeschool friends we haven't met yet. Also, because you and I can't go out for a celebratory coffee, you can express your appreciation for the show with any kind of donation. Every little bit helps. Just go to beyondcurriculumpodcast.com and click the button at the top of the right column. And thanks in advance. That's all for now. I'm your host, Julie Moore. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to give that shout-out in the comments. Now back to the show. Next up on Beyond Curriculum,
2: I'm bringing
0: you into my home for family night and candid conversations with my kids around the dining room table about what it's like to be a homeschool family from the kids' point of view. See you soon!